Welcome to this edition of AZ Politicast. It's a special edition because it is with one of Arizona's most successful, verbose, in a very positive way, elected officials, Adrian Fontes. Always my pleasure to talk with you, sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm great. Uh, how are you? I'm, I mean that in a positive. I, I do not mean that pejorative. I'm a longtime <laughs> journalist. People who like to talk are number one in my book. So, well, I'll 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 stay in the next level as long okay. as you want me to. A lot of things I want to ask you about with Arizona in our limited amount of time. But first thing, we had uh, former New York mayor and uh, a lot of people would call him a troublemaker now, Rudy Giuliani, having a jury decide against him in the tens of millions of dollars because he uh, said terrible things and unfair things and and not true things about election workers and people who work and poll workers and the people who are doing these really important jobs. What did you think of that outcome? Well, it was uh, $148 million the last time I checked, and, and good, because he lied. It's really that simple. And, um, you know, you're, just not, you're not supposed to lie. Folks are supposed to be able to depend on public officials and former public officials. Look, it's okay to disagree on things. It's okay to disagree on how we get to the end goal, because, frankly, I think most of us have the same general end goals. It's just a question of how we get there. But when you lie about things and you know that you're lying about things and then you get to where you're lying about people, uh, that's why defamation exists. And Giuliani should have known better. And I'm, I'm glad that he was convicted. I'm glad that he's going to have to pay some so, uh, some penalties. Uh, and I think the wheels of justice should turn a little bit faster uh, and get some of these other folks that have been lying about election officials across the country because uh, it's high time we get back to some normalcy in what is a very good system um, and has been a good system supporting our democracy for a long time. Any reason to believe uh, a verdict like this is going to help election workers going forward? I'm sure, I don't know as far as how your staff goes, but I imagine 2024 is harder and harder because people have been threatened and people are thinking to themselves, this is really important. I believe in democracy, but I also don't want to be threatened with all sorts of stuff outside my house. Yeah, no, I, and these things, we know they work. Uh, we know that the lawsuit against Fox News caused Fox News to change its approach. It also caused OAN uh, and some of these other right-wing outlets to change their approach because there is some accountability. I mean, that's that's the nature of a civil society. You're supposed to be able to, you know, if they want to test the limits, fine, but at some point the system will test back and will kind of moderate things again. And so I'm hoping that, Folks will recognize that the mythologies and the conspiracies around stolen election are truly mythologies and conspiracies, that they will stop saying nasty things about people who don't deserve it, uh, who have been nothing but good civil servants doing their jobs. Uh, and, and, and just let let us go on with the debate about the issues and the way we get to solving problems instead of the systems which are run by good people and have been run well for a long time. I'm just sick and tired of the nonsense. But the thing that's even worse than just the lies is that these guys are capitalizing on the lies. They're making money on the lies. And that's that's gross. I mean, it's just gross. It almost reminds me of those televangelists with the terrible reputations that, you know, in the old days, the little old ladies would say, well, of course, this is sort of my conduit to the higher power. So of course I'm going to trust these people. And those people were making money off. It almost seems like a modern version of that where politics as religion. Well, you know, politics has been a long, a lot of things for a long time, you know, and look, it's supposed to be rough, right? American politics is supposed to be rough and tumble. 
but it was never supposed to be this blatantly profitable, right? And, um, you know, the whole notion of religion for profit is is a very, very different discussion. I think it gets into different stuff. And uh, it is a third rail, and I will, as clumsily as possible, avoid it. Um, but look, the notion that folks are profiting off of lies in and of itself, you could say, well, that's just good marketing. But when it comes to the survival of the democracy that upholds our republic, it is truly self-defeating for the most selfish purposes. And that's just that's what's really gross about this. It's it's just people kind of sticking a finger in their own eye and then complaining about the fact that it hurts. You and I are sitting here a week before Christmas. So that means you've been in office for almost a year now. And, yep. you know, you were America County recorder. People were familiar with you, obviously. And you won a great campaign, won by a pretty large margin, certainly compared to some of your compatriots. So a year in office, I'm not going to say what surprised you. What have, what did you take in most out of this first year in office in terms of what the people want, what your office can deliver, and what expectations should be for 2024? Gosh, just so much has happened in this last year. Um, what 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 I really like about what I've seen is the way that election officials across the across the state and across the country have really galvanized around the notion that they're they're not just going to take it laying down anymore. They're going to fight back and they're going to push back, whether it's through a little bit more assertive narratives about the work they actually do. Um, or whether it's like filing defamation lawsuits like Recorder Richer has, um, or just getting out there and throwing punches like I've done and like some other secretaries of state have done against, you know, the conspiracy theories and the lies. Uh, we're not just going to take it anymore. And and I think that fight back has paid dividends. You know, you have a deep, deep schism uh, in what was a unified front against election administrators uh, on the political right. And that's because a lot of people are just like not buying it anymore. And and so that's kind of great. Um, I, I think we're seeing another thing that I really like about this is sort of the way the community will quietly and individually approach and, and, and thank individuals. Right. And I've heard this from people like uh, uh, Cisco Aguilar in Nevada and Jocelyn Benson in Michigan. And, and, and certainly it's happened to me dozens and dozens of times where people will see me and they'll just kind of lean over in the grocery store and say, thank you for winning. Or, <laughs> you know, I'll be, I'll be somewhere and they'll just be like, Hey, thank you for, you know, the work that you're doing. And it's very quiet gratitude. And sometimes that means more than sort of the louder accolades because it's just folks taking a quick second and saying, Hey, I know who you are and I appreciate you. And that's a big, big deal. It goes a long way. So that that surprised me, um, but it's very welcome. Yeah. How big a difference, a um, little self-reflection, which I'm sure you never do. Um, <laughs> I mean, someone who's got such a bold personality and outgoing personality that you have, do you think that makes a difference in terms of convincing people of those who may have been on the fence about trusting the system? Do you think as someone who is not shy about addressing these things up front and also be expressing it as well as you do. Does that make a difference? It is different. Uh, and it makes a difference, right? It's, it, it makes a difference when people fight back. Um, it is different in the way that they fight back. So as you've indicated, you know, I'm, I'm not one to hide my opinions behind a polite exterior and try to, you know, diplomacy my way into some agreement. I'm like a rhinoceros. I put my, 
head down and I charge forward because I know that I've got a hell of a team behind me. We've got the truth behind us uh, and we will have history uh, speaking very kindly to those of us on on the real side of, of, of these issues. Um, but other people take different approaches and I think that's okay. We're all marching generally in the same direction, right? And it's all it's like all of the bowling balls are going down the same bowling alley in the same direction and they're all kind of straight shooting at the at pins, um, but we're kind of in different lanes and that's okay, right? So I, 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 I'm, I'm excited to be on the side of, of, of justice and truth and democracy in this moment in American history. Uh, and addressing this sort of, like I've described it, this slow rolling civics lesson that we're going through, uh, I, I'm addressing it in a way that's different in style and approach. Uh, but it is very consistent with my colleagues and compatriots all over the election administration world from, you know, from county uh, recorders and, and election directors all the way to, you know, on the national level at, at secretaries of state and, and, and in Congress as well. So 2024... I'm going to jump ahead and say November. Um, and as a longtime member of the media, you know, it was this, when are they going to give us the results? Why do we have to wait? If you were to balance it out, is there a time? Is it up to the legislature to fund this? Is it up to federal officials to come up with more money for this to make sure that we do things quickly, accurately? Is there something that needs to be given up in that process to make sure that the results are what they should be. Yeah. The results are trusted. Or do we have to sacrifice somebody to get there? Yeah, you got. You almost got there in the list, right? Quick, accurate, cheap. Those are the three, and you got to give up one of them. You cannot have all three. You can have it quick and accurate, and it's going to cost you a ton of money. You can have it quick and cheap, but it ain't going to be accurate, like <laughs> Florida. Yeah, Florida does not have anywhere near the checks and balances that we have here in Arizona. And every time I hear somebody saying, well, Florida does it this fast. Yeah, but they're they're They don't have the safeguards that we have. But we've got a, an amazingly good election system and process here in Arizona. And when you look at what we do and the checklists that we go through all the way through the checks and balances and you cannot get results faster. You don't want to get them faster because you want them correct. And, and that is really super important for people to realize. So what I see for 2024 and what I'd love to see in 2024 is a little bit more public education, a little bit more of this, hey, here's how it actually works so that folks will not be frustrated. I don't want voters frustrated with the process. I want voters to understand the process and appreciate the fact that on election night, you will get incomplete, unofficial results. And whatever call, quote unquote, comes in is a great guesstimate by the media. That's it. Yep. Until we have official results, we don't have official results, right? Um, and, and so for me, kind of the big hope, I guess, back to your question is, I hope we can have a, a much more sane and rational discussion through 2024 so that when we get to November, folks will be like, hey, Arizona is going to take a while. Why? Because their systems are great. And that's what it is. It just takes a while deal with it, right? Um, and, and and unless you want to pay just a gazillion dollars more, then knock your socks off, right? I'm sure county officials across Arizona would love to have a lot more resources, uh, but they get what they get from the state and um, they do pretty darn well with it. Well, not to shake my head like an elitist former public radio journalist, because of course, anyone in public radio is elitist, but <laughs> I'm curious. And like, this is how it always was until 
it sounded like until people really started clamoring in 2016 because of the elephant in the room, this narrative has taken hold. Is there hope that with the voter education in 2024, fewer people will be saying, wait, they don't have the results. That means they're trying to fix something in, in the background. Like fix, fix like gonna, a boxing match, I mean. Yeah, yeah, we're still going to get that. We're still going to get that. And look, if you look back, cycle in and cycle out, and you compare calendar to calendar to calendar to calendar, you go back every two years uh, for the midterm and then for the presidential, midterm, presidential, midterm, you're going to see that the results pretty much always take about the same amount of time, give or take. You're going to be compressing things here and there, depending on the, the turnout. If it's super big, it takes a little bit longer. But the reality is this, when John McCain was winning by 25 points and everybody knew what the outcome was going to be, and Arizona had, you know, a very, very red top of the ticket to the bottom of the ticket, nobody cared because you could estimate very accurately what the outcome was going to be. But the minute, and, and, and you, you, you realize cycle in, cycle out, you look at the results, his margin got narrower and narrower and narrower every time he ran. Why? Because Arizona, as it always has, was changing and the voting demographic was changing and the politics were shifting. And so we naturally got into a space where we became very tight and we are very tight right now. Uh, when you're doing like sort of the red versus blue analysis, that means that now people are paying very close attention to the specifics because they want to be able to prognosticate and they want to call the race but it's harder and harder to do that. So now people are like, well, what's taking so long? Well, what's taking so long is the same thing that took that long in the past. You're just more interested in every single vote. So, you know, um, because it's gotten a little harder on the media to be accurate in their predictions, they, they demand more. And because they demand more, the people are demanding more. And that's okay, because all we gotta do is say, it's never taken a heck of a lot less or longer that it has now. That's the reality. And for us in the election administration world, we just keep on keeping on. Uh, we maintain our patience. We maintain our vigilance, our integrity, our accuracy. Uh, and we're just going to keep on marching. So for folks out there who want very, very quick results, um, you're going to get accurate results. And, you know, like 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 the Rolling Stones said, um, you can't always get what you want. But you can try sometimes and you just uh, might find at the end you're going to get what you need. Darn you, we're going to get accurate results? That's crazy. We will, get, we will okay. have accurate. All right. Well, I don't know if people want that. All right. One other serious question before we go. I'm not asking you to comment on anyone who's going to be on the ballot. I promise you that. But how much extra work is going in your office based on what we're hearing more and more about this plethora of potential third party? I mean, we've had the green, we've had the libertarians, but in terms of whether it's no labels or these other ones that that may end up potentially causing some issues across the country in the presidential race specifically, has that caused extra work for your office? It hasn't really caused extra work for our office. It just means we have to do the work that we've done for one or two more candidates. It, it, it's really not an incredibly, it, it's not super burdensome. I mean, um, you know, we've just established the order for the presidential preference election ballots for the Democrats and the Republicans. And by the way, let me remind your listeners, if you're going to vote on March 19th in the presidential preference election, you have to be registered with one of the parties. It is a closed presidential primary. That's how Arizona has always done it. Independents are not eligible unless they go and register, switch registration to a D or an R, and then you can switch it back later. It's That's pretty easy to do. Um, but anyway, with that aside, 
the extra work comes in um, for the counties because the, the presidency is a very unique office, right? We have two senators. We have nine members of the House of Representatives, and there's a whole bunch of other offices. But the presidency is the only one that has a specific timeline for reporting because the election on the ground here in Arizona is not the last step. It's the next to last step. We've got to transmit to the Electoral College and they have to do their thing in Washington, D.C. So as to that and potential recounts and potential all this other kinds of stuff, yes, it's a little bit more work with more parties. But at the end of the day, if there are wide enough margins, uh, then we can you know, just kind of move along uh, and get everything taken care of without having to worry about sort of the safe harbor thing and a lot of the stuff we've been talking about. Uh, but for this office specifically, uh, it is not that much more work. Uh, it's just kind of the same work for a couple more candidates. All right, let's wrap up uh, about a week till Christmas. Do you have a favorite Christmas dessert? Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Uh, Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. My children hate it. <laughs> uh, my partner, Nicole, she hates it. Uh, and I love it. I play it every day, all the time, starting at like, Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, it drives them insane. And look, I, this may be controversial, but I am a pecan pie guy in the fall. I love yeah. a good pecan pie with a nice dollop of, of really good whipped cream um, or like kind of whipped creamy dressing yeah. type of stuff. on top. That's it, man. Um, you know, I could say like tres leches or, you know, some other kind of thing. But no, pecan pie. Well, so do you make Nicole and the kids at some point, like on Christmas Eve, are they supposed to say to you that all that like sing to you, all they want for Christmas is you? You don't force oh, them to do that. No. I'm Good. not, I'm not a monster, Okay, uh, but I, I do make <laughs> them listen to it far more often than they prefer. And they, they tolerate it as one of my, one of my little quirks. Okay. Arizona secretary <laughs> of state, Adrian Fontes, a lot to learn about this guy. Adrian, thanks. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and yours. And that brings this edition of AZ Politicast to a close. Thanks so much for spending some of your time with us today. If you have any suggestions going into 2024 for topics or guests, please don't be shy in emailing me at azpoliticast at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to AZ Politicast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please do that. Very simple. Just a little check mark and you'll take care of that and know whenever a new episode of AZ Politicast has been published. Music for this podcast provided by Epidemic Sound. That's all for this edition of AZ Politicast. Happy 2024. I'm Steve Goldstein.